This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Good morning. Uh, we are doing the Bhagavad Gita. Now we are on chapter 4. Uh, we had done till verse 27 and uh, like I had said that I am going to just touch on verse 27 a little bit. But we will start from verse 28 onwards. So let me just touch upon verse 27. Other, other sacrifices... Others sacrifice all the functions of their senses and the functions of the vital air prana into the fire of yoga in the shape of self-control, kindled by wisdom. So we were talking about the various kinds of yogas which Krishna has described to his very beloved disciple Arjuna. As you know, this yoga is meant for those who are on the path of spiritual but have left their basic necessities out of the system. So Krishna is explaining to him the various yogas that are there. He is not telling Arjuna that you got to follow it right now. If someone needs to follow it, then they can do it when they come on to the third stage of their life. There are four stages in life. The third stage of the life is while going to the jungles. It's, as you know, you know, Vanaprastashrama. So while they are doing Vanaprastashrama, they can practice these yogas. That is the meaning. And the last one is the sannyas yoga. Now sannyas yoga is completely a different ball game altogether. If you have completely given up the world and want to take up sannyasa, that's a different story, right? And sannyas yoga, that's a shannash, the last one, is basically connected to when you have finished all your material worldly activities. That means your studies are over, your marriage is over, your children are, have gone and settled down wherever they have to. All these things have happened and then the person says, okay, now I give everything up. I become a retired person. I may go to some place and I may settle down and I may take up sannyasa. That is also possible. Here, it's a practice which Krishna is describing to Arjuna, where he says that when all the senses... All the senses, we have total five senses in, in all you know. And the five organs of action are there. Now when you are using the senses and the organs of action, what exactly are you doing? You are performing certain actions. That means seeing, hearing, touching, so on and so forth. So when you are performing these actions, they are captured by the mind also. And when the mind takes over these actions, it gives you a certain amount of results. The results are, if I have to, if I am touching something very hot, my mind will say, it is very hot, remove your hand. So you will immediately remove your hand. Isn't that how it works? If you are touching a rose and uh, unfortunately you are, you know, touching the thorn on the rose, you will get hurt. So naturally your mind will give you the signal, please remove your hand from there, otherwise you will bleed. So this is the way in which the action happens. Now what is he saying? Offer sacrifices all the functions of the senses and the functions of the vital air, the pranas which are connected. There are five pranas that are there. So all these five pranas that is inward, outward, you know, breathing in, breathing out and so on and so forth. So these are, there are five pranas. I'm not going to elaborate much on them. <laughs> we have done enough of it. So there are five pranas. So what happens is this organs of senses, the sense organs, as well as the pranas, what you have to do put them into the fire of yoga. Fire of yoga means, yoga by itself as a term means very simply 
you know union with god now who is the god the god is inside of you and that god has to be taken care of so this particular god that we are talking about is inside of you so offer all these senses and sense organs plus the prana to the god within and when you have union with god that is oneness with the divine then what happens it is in the form of self control kindled by wisdom with the wisdom that is there within you kindled by wisdom that means the wisdom says that when i offer all the senses for the service of the lord god within me and the god outside of me is one and the same the god is one and the same when i offer my senses and the pranas for his functioning for the proper functioning of this universe i have to do this kind of a thing see let, let's take an example where today i have a very serious case going on of coronavirus now i have to use my senses my organs of prana definitely are we putting on the masks yes we are putting on the mask are we ensuring that we are maintaining safe distances no touching see no touching you are not supposed to touch anybody isn't that what the government has prescribed don't touch anybody because that virus can infect you also or if you are infected and then you may spread it so please wear the mask and you wear that you know whatever suit that they have given you so what is this you are controlling it that is called the control even the government is acting on the control isn't it they are telling you you have to fly this way only you have to go through these channels like this you have to go through the trains like this the borders are closed so many issues are going on they have given you a app which you have to download and then you have to point it out to the person and say here i am free from all these things so many controls are there now what are these controls these are controls for the betterment of human kind isn't it they are not meant just only for you so that everybody around is safe so this is a very apt example for you to understand how the same issue can be working as a sacrifice when you are following these rites and rituals which we have just now i have mentioned put the mask on put the thing on wear proper clothes and stay at least 6 feet away from a person or maybe 5 feet i don't know how many feet but a safe distance so that you do not infect another person or that other person who is infected will not infect you suppose one person gets infected just imagine you know what happens that the whole building or the place where they have gone they have to be quarantined and that is very dangerous isn't it I mean, just imagine there is somebody who may be suffering from some diseases, maybe heart trouble and so on and so forth. The think the kind of trouble that the person can go through. So that is the reason why we have to be very careful. So this is a kind of self-control that is required. So in the spiritual domain also, the self-control is required. All the actions that are committed by your organs of that is sense organs as well as the pranas are only for the purpose of sacrifice to the lord and it has to be used through self control and it will be kindled by wisdom all right 
So now we'll move to the next verse. This is verse 28. We are doing Bhagavad Gita chapter 4 verse 28. Some perform sacrifice with material possessions. Some others, some offer sacrifice in the shape of austerities. Others sacrifice through the practice of yoga. While some striving souls observe austere vows performing sacrifice in the shape of wisdom through the study study of sacred texts. So, here Krishna is giving different different kinds of austerities and the things which uh, people perform yoga in a different different manner. Now, there are too many people in this world, aren't there? There are lots and lots of people. How do they offer these things to God? So, he is given examples. So, first example over here is some perform sacrifices with material possessions. Now, I am sure in the times of coronavirus, you have seen there are lots of people who have taken out their meager savings that they have and they have given it to people who don't have food. It's a very great sacrifice that they have done. So this is a material worldly sacrifice. Now when a person is coming from the material to the spiritual, he normally gives up everything. Everything in the world he gives up. He gives up not only his material possessions, but he gives up his relations. He gives up the place where he stays. He gives up on everything. So, some perform sacrifice with material possessions. A very beautiful example is set by Vivekananda when at one time he was going through, you know, he was coming from New York to Chennai. And while he was trying to board the ship, there were two disciples of his, a mother and a daughter. And they said, Swamiji, before you board this, we want something that you own. Swamiji looked at his own body and he said, what, what do I own? I don't own anything. Even the clothes are somebody else's. I don't own anything. So she said, no, you see that walking stick of yours? Oh my God, walking stick. <laughs> Swamiji, he was just carrying it because you will find that most of the Swamis, they have a walking stick. They either are dandy Swami, that means they will carry a big danda or they are having a walking stick. It is nothing but a kind of, you know, there is a lot of spiritual significance to it. But right now is not the time to tell you. This walking stick is very important. Alright. So, he had to give it away. And when he was giving it, he just exclaimed. He said, oh my God, I did not even know that I was possessing this thing. It became so natural for Swami Vivekananda that he finally he gave away the walking stick to her. And then he said, now I am free. <laughs> so this is a way in which a person can give up their material possessions. Imagine you own certain things and because of that certain one small object also, there is a desire created in somebody's mind. You know how the desires come up. Let us say, you know, mother is serving some sweet, maybe a gulab jamun. There is only one left. The child, one child is given that gulab jamun, the other one who is elder, the mother says, see, you are elder and this one is smaller, so I will give the smaller one this one, one which is left. The elder one will get very angry and say, you are giving him that one gulab jamun, not me, you don't love me that much. 
<laughs> Actually, it has nothing to do with love. It's only one piece remaining. But the sacrifice is not there. The child will want to possess it. So even if you have that one single object also, remember this one thing. You carry that one object with you. People will want it. So in spiritual, you don't own anything. See, if you have a pen also, the person in front of you will want that pen. You understand? That is the possession. We are not supposed to possess. We are supposed to give up. So some people do this kind of a thing where they give up everything, every material possession of theirs, they give up. They give up and then they walk away. There's a very beautiful story of, I think, Bahina Bai. When Maharaj, Tukar Maharaj had gone to her village, now she used to be completely devoted to Maharaj, Tukaram Maharaj. Now it so happened that when she, when he had come to her village, she had never seen him by the way. And she had only heard about him and she knew what a great devotee he is of Vithal Rakhmai, Vithoba, Pandarpur. So when he came to her town, what did she do? She was a very rich woman. She took everything and she gave away. Why? Because one day when she went to meet Maharaj, he said to her, you are a rich woman. You think you will join me? You are telling me you want to become a sannyasi and you want to join my, you know, my gang of people. <laughs> so he said to her, you can't do it. She said, why not? I'm going to do it right now. So she goes to her house. She takes all her possession, calls everybody and says, take away, take away, take away everything that you want. This is exactly what Tukaram Maharaj did in, in, in his lifetime. You see, he was a merchant. He was born in a merchant family. He was running a store. When that entire town had famine, for many years there was famine. So at one time, they had a lot of stuff lying in their godowns. You know, naturally they were business people. So he told the town people, he said, please come with whatever, you know, bags that you have and take whatever you feel like. And at, in one day's time, he emptied his entire you know, whatever that he had in store and the stores were empty. If he could do it, his disciple was a great example. Sacrifice. Some offer sacrifice in the shape of austerities. People become very, very austere. Now, you know, austerity is what? You are supposed to lessen everything down. You know, if someone is used to eating food, If someone is used to eating food, which is meant for literally, I mean, you know how much you love to eat. Suppose you are used to eating, say, four chapatis, you know, flatbreads. Now the person will say, from today onwards, I will eat only two. Please understand one thing. Nobody is going to die if they cut down their intake from four to two. Okay. It's a kind of an austerity. Something that you do in smaller measures. You don't have to use a larger quantity. So this kind of austerities increases the spiritual flow in a person. The person becomes austere. 
Please understand this. If you are used to traveling by first class, can you tra travel by economy? You know, like that. You understand that is called austerity. Why do you wish to travel by air? Can you go by bus, which is cheaper form of transport? I'm just giving you material worldly examples. Examples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sometimes it happens. The background goes off. <laughs> Just give two minutes. Okay, <laughs> we are back on. You know, the, the, the problem is with Facebook, okay? It suddenly goes off and <laughs> sometimes there is a drop. There are lots of people we have uh, told to watch through the Facebook. So I'm sorry, there is this kind of things keep on happening and there's nothing that we can do. <laughs> All right. So some offer sacrifices in the shape of austerities. So you have to be austere. Other sacrifice to the practice of yoga. Yoga, like I said, is a union with God. Now, what is this yoga? This yoga, which he is talking about, is a part of the Hatha Yoga. The Hatha Yoga is the one which is, I'm sure, everybody in this world knows about it. In the last, you know, monkey bath, that is our Prime Minister of India said, you know, please write one something or you make a small video on the yoga that you're doing. All the yoga that they are talking about is the physical activity that you do with your body. That is the physical yoga that is performed. Hatha yoga is that. Alright. The yoga which Krishna talks about is a different one. There are too many of those kinds. Basically, everybody believes that yoga means doing those physical exercises. Physical exercise is just a very, 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 very tiny dot in the horizon somewhere. No. The path of yoga first will be called the wisdom path, which is what is called the Sankhya Yoga. We have already done that in the beginning. When we were doing chapter 2 onwards, we have done a certain amount of Sankhya Yoga. We are continuing with it. Then we have the Karma Yoga. The Karma Yoga is the one where you perform actions. Now actions can be of any kind. These are not necessarily physical body actions and all those kind of things. No. Third action. Third one. See, in, in this Krishna's recommendations, which is the recommendations of literally every saint that is there in the last many, many centuries, right from, you know, 10th, 12th century onwards, what are they talking about? They are talking about devotional path. That is the last one. That is the Bhakti Marg. Bhakti Marg is the easiest and the simplest. You don't have to bend your body and break it, by the way. Okay? And don't stand on your head and do all kinds. Of, of course, the best yoga in that, you know, the best asana in that is the Shavasana where you go to sleep. It is not recommended even by Ramakrishna Paramahansa because... Well, body consciousness is too much. Anyway, coming back to it, through the sacrifice to the practice of yoga. So here also it's a cursory way. 
of selling. While some striving souls observe austere vows, perform sacrifices in the shape of wisdom through the study of sacred texts. This is a recommended action for those who are on the path of Sankhya Yoga. What is the action that they are talking about? You read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Okay. You can by heart them. You can practice on them. You can do all kinds of things. And you have to use the scriptures so that you follow that path rigorously. The Vedas are written, you see. You follow it rigorously to the T. Absolutely whatever is mentioned over there, you follow it. So he says, some striving souls observe austere vows. In this in the Vedas and the Shastras, it is written the kind of vows that you are supposed to do. Sometimes it is said that you have to do, you know, fasting. Of course you can do fasting. Nobody says you can't. So you will find that there are lots of Swamiji's and Yogi's in India who go to the Himalayas or you stay in certain places like Banaras and Hardwar and Rishikesh and all these places. What do they do? They practice this kind of austere vows that is there. What do they do? They may not eat. They may not drink. They may just roam around barefoot. They may wear only one piece of loincloth. That's it. I mean, the kind of things that a person does, they may expose their body to absolute cold, you know, freezing cold out there. In the Himalayas, it's very, very freezing. I'm sure you know that. So they can expose their body to that. But it is not recommended because today a man is not attuned to this kind of things. A man is a weakling. You see, today the man is literally a weakling. He is not able to cope up with this kind of very severe austerities. So during this third yuga, when Krishna is talking about this, it could be possible to do that. But today, I doubt it. Some people can try, but they still, whether they can succeed or not is a different story. Alright, so we have just finished this. The last one was called, In the Shape of Wisdom Through the Study of Sacred Texts. Right. So we move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 4, Srimad Bhagavad Gita, verse number 29 and 30. There are two verses together. Other yogis offer the act of exhalation into that of inhalation. Even so, others the act of inhalation in that of exhalation. There are still others given to the practice of pranayama, that is breath control who having regulated their diet and controlled the process of exhalation and inhalation, both pour their vital airs into the vital airs in themselves. All these have their sins consumed away by sacrifice and understand the meaning of sacrificial worship. Now here, this is one verse which is dedicated to pranayama. It's an important verse. Krishna recommends pranayama because pranayama happens naturally as well. You are always taking in the life breath. You are breathing in and out, in and out, in and out. What is he saying? See, in the material world, if you do something with discipline, if you do certain acts in a very, very precise, disciplined manner, they become a part of your life. In the olden times, now I can't go too back in olden times, you know, the last 10-15 years before that. You see, your parents, the young ones I'm telling you, your parents had this habit of sitting on the dining table, spreading the paper right through like this, 
and drinking their morning beverage and eating breakfast you will find that most of the families this was the first thing if the newspaper didn't come the person felt out of place so wasn't that kind of a discipline that was there in the households earlier yes and on when the tv came early morning tv was also a part of somebody's lifestyle you see for them if that doesn't happen they cannot carry on with their life so that was the case now you will find that everybody follows a certain regime right when they follow a certain regime that puts a discipline in them you have to eat this way you have to drink this way a specific time when you eat your food think about it in olden times the sun used to rise very early in the morning the person would do whatever what that was necessary before sunrise and then after sunrise they would go to the fields and work over there this was a very very common phenomena when they were right back in olden times or people went to work now if they were working with the king or the government or whatever they went early in the morning to work nowadays it the story has become completely different people go to work in the afternoon in the evening in the night during day time whatever time that the companies fix fix up for them isn't it the discipline is gone out of the window all right the person will come from work at a particular hour and go to work at a particular hour there is no discipline anywhere in this world i would like to tell those who are indisciplined you may not be married or you may be married you may have young kids at home please understand one thing if you are indisciplined that is exactly what you are going to teach your children and the future generations to come if you are going to be lost in your phone constantly your children are also going to be lost in the phone if you are going to get up at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning if the parents themselves are doing this can you imagine what is the effect on the children they will also become indisciplined in their life if the parents go to sleep at 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock in the night which is one of the most stupidest things on earth to do i will give you the reasoning later on but just now at this point in time listen to me if you go to sleep after a certain hour the body rhythm is not correct the body requires a certain amount of time to recuperate you see think about it what does the world do outside when the sun sets okay when the sun sets what do the plants do the plants convert the carbon dioxide they were remember during day time what are they exhaling what are the plants exhaling They're throwing out oxygen and in the night what are they exhaling carbon dioxide do you know this there are day time birds then there are night time birds have you seen that birds also follow a very strict regime you will never find a crow after 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock in the evening have you seen that the birds are not there the eagle 
or any of these birds they will not be seen but there are nocturnal nocturnal animals and birds which come out after some after the sunset i'm sure you have seen that these nocturnal creatures are working in the world after the sunset there are daytime creatures there are daytime animals birds living things organisms they are working so there is a cycle change that happens sunset and sunrise are the two times of the day where the cycle changes the rhythm changes the universe is acting accordingly okay have you seen that there are seasonal changes also happening the seasons also change accordingly now there are those who keep on talking about you know environment is is been destroyed people are putting in plastic they are doing this and they are doing that people fight for all kinds of possible cases they are themselves actually responsible and they don't know that these are the same people who will say don't use plastic only use environmentally friendly material don't use paper don't do this don't do that i am eating only vegan food and blah 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 all the kind of nonsense that they talk about ask them their lifestyle you see they go to sleep late in the night 12 o'clock 1 o'clock 2 o'clock somebody who is upsetting the universal cycle are responsible for the problems caused in the material world also do you know that because if the plants are working accordingly as a human being you are also entitled to work accordingly those who understand the neural system inside our body we have a neural system you know running from top to bottom nerves they are running all over the town how many have actually deeper knowledge about this very few people have knowledge about this system it is just in the recent past that people came to know where the centers are there in the brain and other places in the body it is just recently people always thought that there is a place where the blood cells are created that is the bones now science says something slightly different they say that only 60% of the cells are created in the bones the rest of the cells are coming from a different place science itself is telling you a lot of stuff the neural system works accordingly you see we have messages going up and down our body up and down our body imagine think about it like this you are a wild animal let us say you are a you know a animal which roams around during the day time all right in the night okay there are other kinds of animals and birds right now think about it you are suddenly changing the pattern from day time to night time so if in day time you are a duck in the night time you are a bat what are the different ways in which their bodies function common sense will tell you the duck system is different than a bat system isn't it they have different set of blood isn't it 
the blood itself is different the way in which they move around is different if a human being is not listening to this their body's way of functioning they are upsetting the entire thing they are ready for disaster by the way just the way our you know earth reacted very badly all the glaciers are gone there used to be a gomuk from where the glacier was started yeah, the ganga started flowing from there that was the beginning of the glacier up to the himalayas now gomuk is somewhere in the middle and the himalayas the glacier has gone right up why because of environmental issues because we do not follow rules and regulations in our world so the environment gets affected because of us now think your own environment is your body this is the earth and if you are going to disrupt it understand the kind of problems that you are going to expect in the future right now you may not understand it but the future you will understand because you cannot go and break the rules the body needs recuperation the time that is needed in the night to repair the body the body needs time for working out in a different manner during the day time the life cells are different in the night time they are different so when you do inhalation exhalation maintain discipline there is a specific methodology which is been recommended by the yogis pranayama is a regulated breath control any tom dick harry jones cannot just oh i'm doing pranayama no 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 don't try that it is a regulated breath control practiced by very very senior people senior means those who know about it the teachers learn from them here he has given a just a cursory understanding where he says krishna says offer the act of exhalation into inhalation and other the act of inhalation into that of exhalation offering this way and this way there are two parts of the body the right and the left the two hemispheres as we call it there are two nadis which are going up and down okay they are working in one side and the other one on the other side think how these are working they are working in tandem you, you have seen a tandem bicycle no the tandem bicycle has to work perfectly then only it can move forward imagine the tandem bicycle inside your body when you are breathing in and breathing out short breath long breath medium breath fast breath slow breath there are different different kinds of exercises which can be taught those who are interested in learning pranayama should go to a very very serious exponent of this and study in the past there were quite a lot of people like bks ayengar was there then there was uh, somebody in mysore i don't know whether they are there right now i mean they died now who is conducting i have no idea there is bihar school of yoga which i would definitely recommend people because they teach very very serious met- in methods you know the ways are very precise i have studied in bihar school of yoga and and a very sh- small classes so i can definitely recommend those to you i don't know about the others but 
where they teach you perfectly how to do this particular thing they don't call it by their you know particular name they are not going to like registered over there that is not a registered path it is a path of breathing a breathing is an exercise which is free for all nobody can say that oh this yoga belongs to me no it's a breathing you are doing breathing come on so this is the way it is mentioned exhalation into inhalation inhalation into exhalation and still others give the practice of pranayama breath control who having regulated their diet the regulation of diet is very very important i told you about disciplining life now i am going to tell you about regulation of diet the regulation of diet is so very important i'm going to talk about little bit on regulation of diet because bhagavad gita has an entire chapter devoted to food later on i'm not going to talk about food right now but i'll just talk about a little thing about regulation of diet what is the meaning of the regulation of diet first and foremost if you are having a certain beverage have it in at the right time in the morning and evening whenever you are having it doesn't matter when you are having suppose you are having at 7 am or 8 am in the morning and in the evening whatever time you are having please have it don't bother about it just have it i have seen in some places people say give up this kind of tea coffee and all these these are intoxicants and please take up kashaya and all those kind of things well if your body is used to drinking poison you better drink that poison if tea is the poison that you are consuming for the last 60 years or 50 years of your life please consume it okay you are not going to die just because you are consuming poison right so suddenly shifting over to okay now from today onwards i am going on a healthy diet so i am going to give this all up tomorrow onwards i am going to drink only karela juice karela you know na bitter gourd from tomorrow onwards i am going to eat drink only karela juice what are you talking about don't do that suddenly don't do anything regulation of diet means a slow introduction of a particular subject and then regulating it so that your body starts getting adjusted to it there are certain people in my world who came to me in the beginning and said you know guruji i am not used to this kind of a thinking uh, this kind of an eating and i told them why are you worried about it introduce this subject to your yourself in the beginning there was a person who would keep on removing phlegm and puking called constantly and that was attributed to milk okay so i told this person as far as i am concerned i can see i can tell you what is wrong with you i would suggest that you start having a little bit of milk today the person has continued having only milk coffee and only milk tea there is no puking there is nothing going from the body the person is quite hale and hearty but some person had told them in the beginning before they came to me that you have lactose intolerance you cannot drink milk you cannot do this you cannot do that based on what what phenomena i don't understand indians are used to eating so much of peanuts you know in india we eat so much of peanuts you cannot even imagine we call it chana and singdana okay chana means uh, <laughs> gram <laughs> so everybody eats grams 
children you see as a kid we used to buy so much of chana and kurmara and singdana and just keep on eating if you give so much of singdana also even to me i am telling you i am like a monkey i can eat the whole thing up <laughs> because i am used to it and there are parts in the world i have intolerance towards this why are you having intolerance towards it because you have done something which is very very dangerous certain countries have become very very immune to clean diseases you understand clean diseases why there is too much of cleanliness around they don't have immunity these countries don't have immunity at all they will eat some little thing oh i'm not feeling well and they will pay such a big amount to the doctor why they have lost their immunity indian kids now i'm not talking about today's day day and age because today's days kids you know they are very immune they like foreigners you know oh my son he has to live in a in a very good atmosphere all right but in olden times i have eaten so much mud myself my mother used to give me one solid pasting you know she used to say what is this you are eating mud from one end of the building to the other end of the building so everywhere i put my tongue in and eat okay and always if you ask me to open my ah there is all mud inside my mouth krishna did that i am sure you know that <laughs> so i used to get a lot of beating because i used to eat mud and anything that was edible by the way it's okay so indian kids are like that they are immune so here what he is talking about regulation if you allow your children to fall and get hurt it is perfect if you put them in an atmosphere with zero you know bacterias and all those kind of things and regulate the entire flow of oxygen and this and that then those children are not going to be immune to anything even little exposure you know the bubble boy thing was there in the past the bubble boy used to even little problem and the person will get affected by it why the immunity is there to zero levels today there are lots of diseases that have come into this world which are the reason the reasons are too many nobody can understand the reasoning if i keep on talking about this kind of things the reasoning that is there when science might not have found today but tomorrow they will find out the answer the answer is the kind of wrong living which a person is going through so he is talking about the regulation of breath regulation of diet regulation and control over how you live your life understand something very clearly if you are used to eating meat don't suddenly one day become from today onwards i am going to become vegetarian it's like giving up liquor or giving up smoking a person is used to smoking all his life and suddenly one fine day the person gives up smoking it it causes a lot of trauma in the person because you are changing your lifestyle drastically dramatic changes body is not used to it so you need to do regulation it has to be regulated properly all right so he says regulate the diet and control the process of exhalation and inhalation also 
Human beings are used to shallow breathing. It's like that, you know. Suddenly, in breathing exercises, they say, take a deep breath. And when they take a deep breath, they get suffocated. Why? Because they are not used to breathing. Human beings are not used to breathing very deep. Half of our lung only is filled. Maybe even one-fourth, I think. We don't fill our lungs completely. So the body is already regulated you. The other way around. The body knows, you know, this fellow is only going to take a little breath. Okay, let me adjust him out. So the body adjusts itself out. Right? The same way, your stomach is adjusted for the right kind of food to come in. Suddenly you go from something, you know, very low fat to high fat. What happens? You will get loose motions. Why? Because you are suddenly switching from one to the other. You might have seen, you know, in India, those who come to India, suddenly they are exposed to a lot of flavors, hundreds of flavors, so much of, you know, Tadkas, these, that, you name it. So many different kinds of spices. People haven't even heard of them. Okay. I can definitely tell you one thing. Most of the people have not even heard, forget heard, they don't even know whether there is a spice like this that exists. It is there. Okay. So when the spice is there, we see cumin. You know cumin is there. Everybody knows one type of cumin. Okay. But there are multiple types of cumin there. In the marketplace. One is the normal kind of cumin which you can buy. And the other one is called the shahajira. That has a different flavor and a different taste. And it has got a different functionality. This is one. That's another. Okay. Turmeric. Turmeric has got multiple kinds. One of them which is used for food, eating and all that kind of stuff. The other one is used for the purpose of application for beauty purposes. Did you know this? <laughs> so, turmeric by itself people know only one kind. Okay, cinnamon. There are lots of varieties of cinnamon. Okay. Similarly, there are different, different kinds of spices. Now, suddenly when you come to India, all these spices, you suddenly you face them. You know what is going to happen? First and foremost, you will have loose motions. Second, you will have something, you know, puking most of the time because you can't get used to the smell. Maybe you'll have to put something on your nose. <laughs> Stick a pin in the nose like this. Because a whiff and a flavor. So many flavors come in. That happens. So this is the reason why regulation of diet has to be done in a very systematic manner. So the yogis of the past, they trained their disciples. So when anybody comes to me, I just first look at their diet, what exactly do they eat? And slowly, slowly, I will change that over to something which is more acceptable for the spiritual world. Slowly. Very slowly. So, all these have their sins consumed away by sacrifice. So, if you do this kind of a thing, you may wonder, 
How is my sin getting consumed if I breathe in and breathe out? I mean, think about it. A common sense. Use your common sense. And you say, oh my God, breathing in and breathing out will remove my sins? I didn't know that. I am anyway breathing in and breathing out. So, ah, my sins have gone. There is, there is a philosophy in all this. You got to understand it. And you have to know it in the deepest of the senses. See, when you pour the vital airs into the vital airs themselves, what are you doing? You are doing something which is called sacrifice. Sacrifice. And when you are doing the sacrifices, the gods love the sacrifice. We have already learned this. You know this? I will give you one example for you to understand. Now, the god which is involved in digestion, his name is the god of stomach. <laughs> Now, the god of stomach is used to simple food, you know, curd rice or dal rice or, you know, chapatis and this and that. And suddenly one fine day, you go to places in China and all those and say, I am going to try out in Wuhan something very strange. Don't go and try out over there. Okay. There are places in India also where they have this kind of food available. It's not that it is not there. Okay. Some of the places in India also serve exotic food. Some places which you can see in the YouTube where they have, you know, a skewer is there, a stick is there and all the scorpions are stuck up over there. I mean, you don't you try all these kind of things. Your stomach is not used to eating a scorpion which is toasted. No, I just want to taste it. Why do you want to taste it? Those who are not used to that kind of a food, your stomach is going to revolt. Stomach is a god, I told you. Now, if you put wrong stuff in the stomach, you know what's going to happen, isn't it? The god of stomach will get very upset. And then you will have something which is called upset stomach. You know what it means, correct? <laughs> it's the same thing going for our teeth also same thing going for our eyes also these are gods there are 33 crore gods inside our body we got to honor them properly if I dishonor this god in the eye and I look straight at the sun you know what's going to happen no? I'm going to become blind very soon I can't look at the sun directly with these eyes so do you understand this philosophy? Honoring these gods is important. So the gods inside my body, I have to honor them properly. I have to use every part of my body sincerely, perfectly, absolutely in a regulated fashion. So if I don't do exercise, some people, they will say, I do regular exercise. Okay. How many times in a week do you go to the gym? I go always. Okay. Can you calculate how many times in the last one year you have gone? Maybe 30-40 times. Oh, is it? 30-40 times? There are 52 weeks in a year. 
And if you have gone 30 and 40 times, you have not even gone once in a week. I go walking every day, 5 kilometer, 10 kilometer walk. Is it? You have those fancy apps with you. No? Can you show me in the app when you have walked? Oh, in the last week, I, you know, Monday I was not feeling well. Tuesday, I had to do this work. Wednesday, I did this. I went only once in a week. No. Regulation is important. If you are used to doing exercises, regulate. Your body, the leg muscle, it is a god. Your leg is a god. Remember that. Likewise, your hand. If you are used to doing push-ups, pull-ups or whatever that you are doing, your hand is used to it. So if you are used to those kind of a things, you have to ensure that you do it in a regular manner. Not because you want to have longevity. Nobody can tell you when you are going to die. You know that. Okay. If people think by doing some fancy exercises, they are going to live for a very long time, they are mistaken. Your death is programmed by destiny. You may be doing fancy exercises. Okay. Doesn't mean that you are, you are not you are going to live for a long time. No. It is talking about health. Not talking about longevity. So don't you even think about longevity. Oh, I am doing yoga for the last hundred years now. That is not the answer. People in Japan and in the Europe, they don't even lift their fingers. Okay. They are living in villages where people are on an average more than hundred years old. They have never lifted their fingers. They are farmers. Okay, they go out and do the farming. They don't know what is why of yoga also. But have, are they alive? Yes. Are they living nicely? Yes. And ask them what are they living on? Wine. And you will say, wine? Yes, of course. Some of them drink sake. What? And they are alive for so many years. So it is not that something like this is going to give you longevity. Please understand, it is only going to regulate your life. That's it. Regulation of your lifestyle. You will be hale and hearty. That's it. But when you have to die, you will die. Death is never in anybody's hands. Mr. Death doesn't respond to you. No. He, when he has to come, he will come. When he has to go, he will go. He will take you. He says, bye-bye, all the rest of the world. Now let us go, sir. Okay. So, death is not directly proportional to the number of days of exercises that you have done. Don't you think about that. It is health. So, here he is talking about, when you do these sacrifices, okay, the sins are consumed away. Sins means the different kinds of karma that connect with all these things. They go away. If you offer wrong food to a particular God, he is going to get upset. And when he gets angry, you are in for it. So when you are giving him the right kind of food, right kind of exercise, disciplined lifestyle, the God is, the God is very happy. We are talking about karma. We are not talking about longevity here. Do you get the point? The moment the word sin comes into the picture, we are basically talking in terms of activity that is responsible for creating more karma. So here, the sins are consumed. So now I hope you understood what I meant. Hmm? When Krishna is saying that the sins are consumed, they, they are removed, they are removed from the system by sacrifice. So sins are consumed by sacrifice. There are certain sins which are accumulated 
and which have to be removed, which is called the prarabdha karma, the new sins which may have happened, they go away. Think. Just now I gave you one example. If you are used to eating sattvic food and suddenly you shift to tamasic food, killing of animals or eating some kind of a you know dead animal is tamasic food. From sattvic to tamasic, how much of activity have you performed? The sin that you have performed? Quite a lot. Because the God inside the body is saying, you are supposed to give me sattvic food. Why are you giving me this kind of a food? So he is going to revolt. And that's a sin. So do you understand how this regulation is important? Same way, if your mind says, I am feeling sleepy, I am feeling sleepy, I am feeling sleepy, I am feeling sleepy. Your body says these words, you know. And you say, no, 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 I got to do this work, I got to do this work. And you keep on awake, you know. Eyes are open like this. You will have coffee after coffee after coffee after coffee and say, I got to keep awake. Why? I have to submit. I have to do this. My boss has asked me to do this by the end of the day. But sorry, it's not the end of the day. It is next morning that you are still doing it. Well, what are you doing? That is not the way how things are done. The God inside you who wants sleep, the body, is going to get very upset and angry with you. And one day he is going to give you a peace of mind. You are going to go into the hospital very soon. So better be careful. Don't get into all these things. Okay. Alright. Arjuna. We are going to do one more verse. Oh I don't think we have time for the second. The next verse. So we have finished up to verse 29 and 30. And next time we will do 31 onwards. So I hope you understood that. We are not supposed to antagonize. Any part of our body. And any part of our mind. And get and perform lot of karmas. Don't do it. Regulate your body, regulate your food, regulate your activities, exercise, control, whatever that you are doing. Please keep it in a very systematic, disciplined approach. No sins will get added to you. Got it? And this is what he means. So I will stop over here and I will see you in the coming week. Take care. Bye. Have a nice day.